0: Let's turn in your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus 19, we'll be in verse 32 in a second. Continue our series on using the law lawfully, looking at the Old Testament law, seeing if and if so, how it applies to us as Gentile believers. Leviticus 19, we're going to look at three laws today, and uh, all three are very closely tied together, and we're just going to, if I were doing the order, I would have reversed the order, but we're going to follow the order that the Sefer HaMitzvah has them in. So we're going to start with the law for respecting elders. The Old Testament command is found here in Leviticus 19, verse 32, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head. And honor the face of the old man and fear thy God, I am the Lord. So the Jews were commanded to both have respect for their elders and to show respect for their elders. You have two different parts here. Uh, first is the rising up before the elder person. That's when the, an elder person comes into the room, you stand out of respect for them. So you show the respect outwardly. And then also they're commanded to have the inward respect and honor the face of the old man so uh, the Jews were commanded to have both outward and inward respect uh, for their elders and so very simple that's kind of hinted at several places other other places in scripture But this is the only one where there's the direct command uh, that was the command of the Old Testament so let's jump now to the uh, New Testament concept for this and see how it applies and before we go to the New Testament we're going to start in Job Chapter 32, in order to see how this applies to us in the New Testament. Job chapter 32. Now, Job is, in many people's estimation, the first written book of the Old Testament because Job predated the patriarchs. So he lived before, or probably about the same time as Abraham, uh, but before Isaac and before Jacob and long before Moses, who in most people's estimation, penned uh, Genesis, Exodus, and the the Pentateuch. Uh, I say in most people's estimation because there is a possibility that the book of Genesis was collated by Moses and and collected and put together, but was actually penned by different people uh, throughout time, and that it was a collection of writings that they had held on to ever since the beginning. And you can see the book of Genesis is broken up into separate sections Introduced by the phrase, these are the generations of. And then we'll say so and so, and then we'll go into the next section of the book of Genesis. And so there's a theory that each one of those sections was a separate book that had been recorded and passed down through the Jewish line all the way to Moses, and that Moses then put that all together in a book. But anyway, aside from that, the book of Job is definitely before the law of Moses. Job lived about the time of Abraham. So this is not under the law of Moses, but in chapter 32, in verse number 4, we read about Elihu. Now Elihu had waited till Job had spoken, because they were elder than he. You have all of Job's friends, and Job's response to each of his friends, all of that talking going on, and Elihu is just sitting there. He doesn't say a thing. And then after they all finish speaking, Then Elihu gets up and starts speaking. And then after Elihu's done, God answers and says, basically, who is this that has words without wisdom? Who's this idiot that's talking? And God really rebukes Elihu. But it's noticeable here that Elihu waited until his elders spoke before he got up and spoke. So this shows us that this command that we read in the Law of Moses about having respect for your elders... It seems to have been in effect all the way back during the time of Job, before the Law of Moses. So it seems to be a universal concept that the younger are to have respect for the elder. And you know, we would think, yeah, that's just common sense. It makes sense, just from human nature, that the younger would have respect for the elder. But we see evidence here in Scripture that it's possible this command was given long before it was given in the Law of Moses. Now let's turn to the New Testament, even in addition to that, we have a very similar command given to us as Christians in the New Testament. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 5. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. So we have right there at the beginning of 1 Peter 5:5, likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elders. So it's the same concept of having respect and honor towards those that are older. And then let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 17 Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. So here we have the elders that do a good job there to be worthy of double honor which implies they already have one honor just by virtue of them being the elders. And so now I know this is talking in context about uh, the leaders in the church, those who have been appointed as elders in the church. So it's a position. uh, It's a reference to a position, not to an age in this particular instance. But the position is given the name of elder, which only makes sense if that honor is already applied to the age. Uh, So they've taken this concept of the older people being the ones that are honored, and they say, now we're going to create this position and this position is called the older, one, the older one, the elder. Meaning that is the position of honor. Uh, and then they say, when they do it, when they hold that position well, then you're to count them worthy of a double honor. So again, we see in the New Testament this concept of uh, honoring the elders. So that's the command uh, to respect the elders, given in the Old Testament, Leviticus 19. And then apply to us in the New Testament In 1 Peter 5 And in 1 Timothy chapter 5 So let's move on now To the command to honor parents Anyone have any comments or questions on the Command for respecting the elders? My question is, is How come we don't have elders today? Or is that just a Just a general <clears throat> Right, it was just a title that was given To the pastors of the churches Oh, pastors Right, so we, we have the the pastors were referred to as elders, or referred to as bishops, and referred to as pastors. And so we've just simplified it in the Baptist tradition, and all we have is is the one role of or the one name of pastor. And other denominations still use the name of elders. Uh, some of them use the elders as separate from pastors, but when you, when you look in Scripture. The role that is fulfilled by the elder and the role that is fulfilled by the pastor and the role that is fulfilled by the bishop. They are all the same position and all the same role. So it's it's just God using synonyms, which He does quite a bit. That's uh, Someone asked in one of the Facebook groups I'm in uh, Is there a difference between forgiveness of sin and remissions of sin and being cleansed from sin and being washed from sin and all these different ways that talked about? <laughs> How your sins are, are washed away. Is there a difference between all of them? Are they all different things? And you know, the, the answer is no. It, it's all the same thing. It's just God uses synonyms in order to uh, make His book a easy to read book. And so uh, we follow His example. Those who write good writings, good fiction, good nonfiction, they they use a lot of synonyms. They don't just say the same word over and over and over again. I mean, God's the same way. Alright, so let's look at uh, the next one, which is honoring parents, and we're going to start in Exodus chapter 20, verse number 12. This one is going to be a nice, easy one, because everyone already knows both the Old Testament passages and the New Testament passages having to do with this particular law. So Exodus 20, verse number 12. Of course, Exodus 20 is the Ten Commandments. It's the first Statement of the Ten Commandments, they're actually repeated in Deuteronomy And you have this exact same commandment given there in Deuteronomy We're just going to look at the one in Exodus 20 Honor thy father and thy mother, verse number 12 Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long Upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee So here we have direct command for children to honor their parents Let's turn to Exodus chapter 21 One chapter over and verse number 15 He that smiteth his father or his mother shall, sure, shall be surely put to death And in verse 17 And he that curseth his father or his mother Shall surely be put to death And so there's a very strong punishment For failing to honor your parents The death penalty If a child uh, curses his father parents or if he hits his parents he's to be put to death and there is no tolerance uh, for that type of, of dishonor against parents is there an <laughs> uh, not that I could see <clears throat> nothing stated there but you know I can I can tell you that what <clears throat> there's the concept of cursing your father or hitting your, your parents. I mean, that was completely foreign to my family growing up. I mean, there, there was no, not even a dream of possibly doing that because the honor was taught so strongly that going to that extreme was never even considered and was never allowed to get uh, to that point. And my son is not allowed to get to that point either. So he'll, he'll be... Uh, in a lot of pain long before he gets to the point where he curses his parents or hits one of us. Unless it's just boxing with me playing around. Which we do that a lot. All right, Leviticus she 19. looked at my mom wrong. She'd slap you in the next week. There was yeah. no chance of ever doing anything like that. Right. Uh, and I would imagine the Jews had the same thing because obviously if a parent loves their child and they know if my child gets disrespectful he's going to be put to death, then the parents are going to stop their children from being disrespectful. And so it's, it's the same principle. It's a deterrent. Uh, down the road, you see this is going to lead to death. So you nip it in the bud to uh, quote Barney Fife there. All right, Leviticus 19.3 also says basically the same thing. Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Now, the New Testament, obviously, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Very familiar passage. Every Christian parent has this passage memorized. Quotes it frequently. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So here we have the exact same command repeated verbatim in the New Testament uh, where Christian children are commanded to obey and honor their parents, just like the Jewish children were. So this is a a universal command that applies to everyone uh, all throughout time. And it's interesting. One of my favorite quotes from our founding fathers is a quote from John Adams. Referring to this commandment, and he said, if as Harrington, as James Harrington, uh, one of the most influential uh, Enlightenment thinkers on the Founding Fathers, who actually taught that Israel had a Republican government, they voted on their laws, and uh, had elected representatives and all that, that James Harrington taught all that is one of the most influential men on our Founding Fathers, and you never even hear about it in most history textbooks, but anyway. So we're we'll, we'll going, John Adams referring to Harrington. He said, if, as Harrington says, the Ten Commandments were voted by the people of Israel and have been enacted as laws by all other nations, and if we should presume to say that nations had a civil right to repeal them, no nation would think proper to repeal the fifth, which enjoins honor to parents. And So John Adams just in a letter commenting on uh, the Ten Commandments. This is so common sense and so universal that no nation ever anywhere would vote to uh, repeal the fifth commandment for children to honor their parents. And so uh, it's understood, built into the human mind, that children should always honor their parents just like the Bible says. All right, any comments or questions on that one before we move on to the third one? And the third one is found in Genesis chapter number one, and this is the command to be fruitful and multiply. Genesis chapter number one. The command is actually given twice in Genesis. So the first one's Genesis chapter one, and verse number twenty-eight. Genesis chapter 1 verse number 28 And God blessed them And God said unto them Be fruitful and multiply And replenish the earth And subdue it And have dominion Over the fish of the sea And over the fowl of the air And over every living thing That moveth upon the earth Okay, And this is the, the creation mandate That God gave to Adam and Eve said so The first thing that he said to them Was to be fruitful and multiply And that is a command Genesis chapter 9, verse number 1, is the next repetition of this command in Genesis. Genesis chapter 9, verse number 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. And in verse number 7, And you, be ye fruitful, and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth, and multiply Therein. So there is a command in the Old Testament for people to be fruitful and multiply, reproduce and fill the earth. And it's a, a universal command given to all of humanity, first to Adam and Eve as the very first humans. God commands them to be fruitful and multiply. And obviously, He's not commanding Adam and Eve individually, just them, to produce enough children that are just there. One generation of children to fill the whole earth. It's a command for them and all their descendants to multiply and fill the earth. Same thing with Noah and his sons. It was not a command just to Noah and his sons only to produce enough children to fill the earth. It's them and all their descendants to produce children to fill the earth and to subdue it and have dominion over it. That is a, a command that was given to all humanity. And then in the New Testament, this command is not repeated but it's not necessary because of the fact that it was given to all humanity. It wasn't a command under the Mosaic Law. This was a general command to all humans that they are to, as a whole, to reproduce and to multiply. Now, let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4, however, and we can see something about the opposite command. 1 Timothy chapter 4. By the time you get to the New Testament... Paul's ministry and his letters to Timothy, there were some people preaching that you should not uh, multiply, and the way they did it was by saying you should not get married. So they were commanding to Christians that they should not marry, they should not have families, should not reproduce and produce more children, they should just be celibate. And Paul condemns that rather strongly. Uh, Actually, Paul himself says, the spirit speaketh expressly in chapter 4, verse 1. So he's saying God himself very clearly, that's what expressly means. God clearly is saying that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And what is the first thing he says these evil uh, speakers are going to say? That they are going to forbid to marry, verse number three, forbidding to marry, and so Paul is very strongly, and God very strongly condemns those preachers who say that Christians should not get married, that they should be celibate, or that, you know, forbidding people from from getting married. Uh, first thing that comes to my mind is the Catholic Church, with, uh, the priests and, and monks telling them, and the uh, nuns telling them they can't get married; they're they're to be married to God, and that's it take vows of, of celibacy, and this, that's very, very strongly condemned here in the New Testament. So we can see here that the command to be fruitful and multiply is obviously still in effect because the teaching forbidding marriage was so strongly condemned uh, by God in the New Testament. So, So that command still has effect for us today. Now of course you do have in 1 Corinthians where Paul says that uh, if, if any man's called not being bound to a wife, let him not seek a wife. If, uh, if any man's called being married to a wife, let him not seek to be loosed from the wife. Um, so, so every man abide in that calling. But then he, he tempers that. First he says, I'm just giving my own wisdom. This isn't necessarily a command from God. He's giving his own wisdom. And then he tempers it by saying, Uh, but there's no sin in marriage. He says, if if you think that you're doing wrong uh, by not getting married uh, to the the girl that you love and and you want to get married to her, that's fine. Go right ahead. But he says, my advice is that you continue, if you're called to to God by being single, that you focus on serving God and not focus on finding a wife. Uh, And then he says, if you find a girl and you want to marry her, that's fine, go right ahead, but that shouldn't be your focus. So that teaching is sometimes turned to by people saying that Christians should be celibate and saying, you know, well, Paul said that you're not supposed to seek a wife. Well, yeah, he said you're not supposed to seek a wife, but he did say there's no sin if you get married. Uh, go ahead. And then he concluded it with, it is better better to marry than to burn was his conclusion. That was a, a favorite verse to quote around the college of Ambassador, a lot of young men going around saying, i got to find me a wife because it's better to marry than to burn. <laughs> so, But uh, but you have all, all throughout Scripture commands uh, like uh, in Proverbs where it says that he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Uh, where God is, is very much uh, in favor of procreation and reproduction and the growth of the human race. And by the way, we don't have to worry about all these environmental scares, about the earth not being able to support uh, all these humans and and overpopulation, all that. It's it's all made up. I've looked into the numbers. It's absolutely ridiculous. We're nowhere near uh, overpopulating the earth. The earth could hold easily 10, 15, 20 times as many people as uh, there are alive now. And support them just fine and that's just with today's level of technology you could easily do that uh, and then as advances in technology come along and better able to produce food we can, you know, increase that number significantly so anyway the command to reproduce is a command we're still under uh, today it's not necessarily a command for every individual but as a whole the human race is supposed to grow and reproduce and fill the earth with humans Right. What was the name of that? That was uh, the reference, the New Testament verse that you referenced? I'm sorry, I missed it. Well, it's was 1 Timothy chapter 4, okay. verses 1 through 3. A real live example of that is my son who's a farmer down in Panama. They quit selling vegetables because they couldn't sell them. They quit growing them because they couldn't sell them. Right. There's not enough of a market for it. Right. And the government of America pays farmer, farmers tons of money to just plow under their crops and not sell them. because if they all sold them, it would flood the market with those crops and lower the price so much that the, the farmers wouldn't be able to make a living. So the government pays them to just plow them under. So that's a, I don't know why they don't pay them and then send the food instead of money over to countries that are supposedly starving and countries. borrowing money from us. You mean, this country, <laughs> well, you can stop it here. I know what you. Yeah. Mean. I know what you. Mean. I mean, yeah, I know you're being... if, you. know, you think about this whole global warming, mm-hmm. this global hunger too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. It's funny. You so, can hear yeah. on the radio sometimes. I'll hear one commercial break. I'll hear about uh, the uh, poverty e- epidemic and one in six kids are, are going hungry and going to bed without being fed And, and then the next, very next commercial break, I'll hear about the obesity e- epidemic <laughs> we have too many people overweight and dying of heart attacks because they're, they're so obese <laughs> Something doesn't add up here <laughs> Alright, well that's all we have for today, so we'll get out a little bit early about adding a fourth one but it's the I'd rather just stick with three even though we have the time yeah. well, let's go ahead and